How are you? Good. I turn to Mark chapter 4, and uh, we're in a, a series entitled Discovering the Divine, and we're looking at everyday encounters that Jesus had with people, and we're trying to discover God, who God is, how He acts, what He does, what His nature is like, what His character is like. And uh, a few weeks ago, the Lord began to direct me toward looking at encounters that one particular group had with Jesus because they had more than one encounter. Most of the encounters that we talk about are one encounter, you know, like the woman at the well or uh, the, the boy that we talked about last week that was tormented by these evil spirits or the leper uh, or the woman who touched the hem of his garment. These are just one encounter that they, these people had with Jesus. But there was a group of people that had multiple encounters with Jesus over a three-year period. And that group obviously is the disciples. And so I started looking at, there's just too many experiences, too many encounters that the disciples had with Jesus that, to, to overlook these and to see what did they learn after three years of being with Jesus. So the next few weeks, we're still in this series, but we're going to talk about some encounters that the disciples had. And I did not know, obviously, that Rita was going to hit this weekend, but the Lord led me a while back as I was planning out this, and, and I'll, here's what I'm preaching on today. I'm preaching on the stormy disciples, or the disciples that went through the storm, you know? So that's in Mark chapter 4, so let's read that. Verse 35, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. That as he was may mean that he was in the boat teaching a little bit out from the shore. And other little boats were also with him. A lot of people have never noticed that there were other boats with him, not just the boat, that boat. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the... Now watch, watch the picture of peace here. The, the boat is sinking. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. I, I had never seen before that he had a pillow. I didn't know he had a pillow but this is the picture of peace. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Many verses contrast fear and faith. And they feared exceedingly, or they marveled exceedingly, and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Well, we can learn some things about storms and how to get through storms through this passage. So let me tell you a few things about storms, all right? Number one, we're going to talk about the predictability of storms. The predictability of storms. Now, you probably don't know this about me, but I can predict storms. I have that ability. I can't tell you when or where they're going to hit, but I can tell you that they're coming. So I just want you to know, and you're hearing it from the, the, the top right here, you know, you're hearing it from the uh, greatest guy you could hear it from. I'm, I'm just a great progno, prog, prognosticator. I need to go back to the small words. I'm a great predictor of storm. I'm just telling you, if you live on planet Earth, we're going to have storms, okay? They're going to come. And not just physical storms, but spiritual storms. 
If you live on this earth, if you're alive, if you're human, you're going to go through spiritual storms as well. Let me show you a passage of Scripture. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. We might add to that above sea level. <laughs> Verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, how many of you have ever heard this passage scripture? You ever heard this before? Okay. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Because I wish he hadn't have said what he said. I wish this is what he had said. This is what I think Jesus should have said in this passage. He should have said, if you hear my words and don't do them, then a storm's going to come and your house is going to fall. But if you hear my words and do them, then when the storm comes, it will go around you. That's what I wish he would have said. I wish he would have said, if you hear my words and obey them, you won't have to go through the storm. But that's not what he said. Here's what he said, and I just want to sum this passage up for you. If you're here today and you're an unbeliever, you're going to go through storms. If you're here today and you're a believer, you're going to go through storms. There's no difference. We still go through storms. The difference is that your house stands. That's the difference. The difference is your house being your relationships, your family, your, 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 your personal walk with the Lord. If you build on the rock, if you build on the Lord, if you build on His Word and the principles in His Word, then when the storm comes, you'll make it through the storm. But listen to me, the storm is still coming. The storm comes for the foolish man and comes for the wise man. It rains on the just and the unjust. Storms are going to come. This passage in Mark 4 that we just read doesn't teach us the probability of storms. It teaches us the certainty of storms. That is, see, here's the other thing that, that amazes me about this. Storms are going to come even when Jesus is in your boat. See, I would think that the Bible would say, if Jesus is in your boat, it is smooth sailing for the rest of your life. That's what I wish it said, but it doesn't say that. This teaches us that even with Jesus in the boat, you're going to go through storms. The difference is, if Jesus is in the boat, you make it through. That's the difference. So, the first thing is that storms are not only probable, they are certain for every person on this earth. Here's the second thing we want to talk about. The potential of storms. The potential of storms. Look at the potential of the storms we've just witnessed. Katrina, I am told, and I tried to verify this, but I've heard it several times now, read it in news reports, saw it on, on the uh, news channels. They, their estimate is it has um, displaced one million people. One million people displaced by Katrina. I mean, the, 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 the potential of storms are, are devastating. A storm can be devastating. But let's think about then, what does a storm do? Well, there's a few things that storms do. Storms are bigger than we are. Storms are stronger than we are. So let me tell you what storms do. They, so storm has the potential to reveal to you your weakness. A storm has the potential to reveal to you your need for God. 
A storm has the potential to reveal our human frailty. That we can't stand up against a storm without divine help. That's what a storm, it has the potential to do that if we'll allow a storm to do that. By the way, this is the only time in the Bible that we're told Jesus was sleeping. Now we know he slept, but this is the only time that we're told that he was sleeping and he was sleeping in the middle of a storm. That has got to be the picture of perfect peace. And this wasn't a little storm, by the way. This was a big storm. We know that because experienced fishermen thought they were going to die. Now, I, I'm, a, I'm a boater, but I'm a, a recreational boater. I don't go out on the ocean for a living and, and catch fish and out there during storms and been caught in storms. The majority of the disciples, not all, but the majority were fishermen. They were experienced. They were commercial fishermen. They, had, they grew up in fishing families. They had been on storms. They knew what they were like. If anyone knew what to do in a storm, these guys would know what to do. This storm was so bad, they thought they were going to die. I want you to think about this. They woke him up and they didn't say, uh, we're going to need to row and we need all hands. They woke him up and said, we are perishing. By the way, I want you to think about this. Waking him up was not the problem here. Waking him up was not the problem. The problem was waiting until they were scared and frantic to wake him up. The problem wasn't that they woke him up. The problem was how long it took for them to wake him up and the way they woke him up. Jesus never rebuked them for waking him up. Now stay with me. Jesus never rebuked them for waking him up. Let me, let me say it this way. I'm going to have to read this because this is, uh, I got two sentences you might want to write down because they're smarter than I am. And they just came to me when I was studying. He did not rebuke them for disturbing him with their prayers. He rebuked them for disturbing themselves with their fears. I'm going to say it again because you didn't say wow. <laughs> so get your wow ready. He, and think about it. He did not rebuke them for disturbing him with their prayers. He rebuked them for disturbing themselves with their fears. Thank you. So think about what they said when they woke him up. And think about this. Have you ever felt this way? Here's what they said. We want you to know that we're dying and that you don't care. That's what we want you to know. We want you to know that we're going through something and you don't care. They said to him, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Be honest. Have you ever said, God, I'm not sure that you are really that concerned with what's going on in my life right now. I'm not sure that you care about what's going on in my life. That's fear. And why is fear why, why does God take fear so personally? I, I want you to think about this. Fear is the greatest insult that a believer can give God. It is the greatest indictment that a believer can give God. It offends him. It is personal to him. It is an indictment against his character. Do you know the, the, the phrase that God says to man to humans more than any other phrase in the Bible. There is a phrase, and, he, and what does he say? Fear not. not. Kind of tells us that fear might be the number one enemy that comes against us. 
And it could be that we respond and react many, many times out of fear. And let me tell you why it, it, it um, offends God so much. Here's what fear says. Fear says, this situation's too big for you. Fear also says, not only can you not handle this situation, but you don't care. You don't care about me. Fear is an indictment against the character of God. That's why he stands up and he says to them so many times over and over again, he says to the disciples, why are you so afraid? I mean, in other words, he could have said this, I'm in the boat. You know, I had a guy say to me one time, we were talking on an airplane and he said, he said, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He said, well, I know this one won't crash. <laughs> well, I don't know that. I still pray. <laughs> But Jesus was in the boat. The Son of God was in the boat, and yet they thought they were going to die. That's fear. It's exactly what fear does. You know, when they woke him up, they didn't even ask him to do anything about the storm, by the way. They didn't say, you know, you raise the dead, you open blind eyes, can you do anything about the storm? Nothing. They said nothing like that. They simply said, we're going to die. They had crossed over to the point of believing the lie of the enemy. We're going to die. And Jesus rebukes the storm. Now, it says there was a, a, a great calm. I just want to present something to you. Is it possible that the storm was still going on around them? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. But where they were, it was calm. The wind stopped and there was a great calm. But is it possible, you know, you've been outside before and you look and you can see the lightning in the sky. It's, this was at night and you can see the storm still going on, but where they were, it could have been calm. I don't know. My point is this, wouldn't it be great if we could have peace in the midst of the storm? So many times we want God to, to calm the storm and he might be wanting to calm us first. And this leads me to my next point. Here's the, the next point and the last point, the purpose of storms. What's the purpose of the storm? I want you to think about a couple of things. Jesus has ministered all day, and now it says it's evening, and he says, let's get in the boat and, and go across the sea. Do you think Jesus knew that a storm was coming? <laughs> I mean, why? Why didn't he say, guys, a storm's coming, let's camp out? Let's stay right here, and in the morning, when the storm is past, we'll go across. If we go across now, we're going to be in the middle of the storm. Well, you know, it, this still amazes me that he went to sleep. <laughs> Did he lead the disciples into the storm because he knew they had fear, and that was the only way he was going to deal with that fear? Is it possible that God knows the storm that you're in right now. And we talked a moment ago about storms and that everybody's going to go through a storm. Let me just ask you, how many of you have been through a storm in your life? Let me see your hand. Okay, that's about like the death rate, about 100%. How many of you would say you're going through a storm right now? Just put your hand up. Isn't that amazing? I was going through a storm one time and I was talking to a believer that this first time I'd ever met the guy. And we were talking about the storm that I was going through. And here's what he said to me. Robert, you know what you need to ask yourself? You need to ask yourself, why is God allowing this storm in your life? And he said, I can tell you why, and I've only talked to you for a few minutes. He said, it's because of fear. The way you talk about this storm that you're in is fearful. And he said, I just want you to know something. God has bigger things for you to do, but you can't do them until he deals with this fear. 
So he allowed the storm so he could set you free. Is it possible that God's going to 